Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who is trying to get me to buy an Xbox to play Warzone, but Brandon, I say no, I cannot do that. Uh, but regardless, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I do want you to buy an Xbox, because then we can hang out even more, Trevor. That's why I want you to. You know, it's about friendship at this point. It's not even about playing video games, it's about friendship. Oh, I think my. you should you should take my friendship, you should hold it to higher standards. Um, someone who I know will definitely not get an Xbox, but will hopefully come play golf with me soon, is, of course, uh, to some people their favorite, some people their least favorite contributor. I don't know. It's just what I've heard, uh, Ben O'Brien. Uh, ben, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic, Brandon. I, uh, I can promise you I will not be buying an Xbox anytime soon, because if I bought an Xbox, I feel like I'd have to play with you, and I want uh, to talk to you as little as possible, so I will not be <laughs> buying an Xbox anytime soon. Yeah, well, we know that's not uh, completely true because you, you love talking to me, Ben. Don't 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 just say that for the podcast. No reason to do that. But we do have a really entertaining episode uh, planned for today. Uh, good main topic. Uh, lots of entertaining stuff to talk about. So let's get right into it. Um, first up, the Big Ten and Pac-12 football seasons were postponed, uh, which I think collectively, I think I could talk, speak for all of us, where we all kind of anticipated this happening. Um, but Trevor, what are, what are your thoughts on these two big conferences? Uh, but, you know, being the first major conferences uh, to cancel their football. Yeah, I mean, it really just sucks. And, yeah, it really just sucks. And it's getting the point uh, more and more. And and I don't anticipate us talking about something like this again next week because I really just don't like talking about it. It's really just, you know, kind of like this yeah, negative sad. thing to talk about. It's sad. Obviously, we all are very upset that it looks like we, we might not see a college football season, potentially. I mean, yeah, there's still chance that it could happen in the spring, but obviously there's there would be a lot of hurdles that they would have to get past, and they would still have to think of a plan, and we don't even know how the situation's going to be in January. So um, who knows, but I really just, I'm hoping for the best um, as far as that, but honestly, like, it's, it's just not something I really want to talk about anymore, honestly. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. It's it's just not an ideal situation at all. Uh, ben, two major conferences uh, calling it quits for at least the winner. What do you think? Um, I'm actually I'm intrigued just based on the fact that I'm interested to see what the other three major conferences do. Because um, the, the pressure's on them now. Now, now everybody's looking at them to see what they're going to do. Um, and they've made it very clear that they, they intend or they, at least they want to play this fall. Um, do I think it'll happen? No. Um, but I'm, I'm intrigued just because I, I'm very interested to see how they handle this because um, it's, it's, it's not easy. I mean, no matter what they do, pe- people are going to be upset at them. So uh, they're, they're in a really tough spot. So um, it's definitely interesting. I'm very interested to see what, what happens in the coming weeks for sure. Yeah, the, the other three conferences, Big 12, ACC, and SEC, I, I think it's definitely going to take a little bit more for them to cancel. We'll see what they end up doing. Uh, like I've said many times, I don't think there will be any college football uh, sadly, I, I wish there could be. I don't believe there will be. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what happens uh, moving forward. But next up, uh, with some better news, uh, we had two tight ends sign some pretty big contracts. We had George Kittle sign a five-year, $75 million contract. And we had Travis Kelsey sign a four-year deal. Uh, I believe it is worth $57.25 million. Um, so two very interesting contracts. So let's, let's start off with Travis Kelsey um, from Cleveland Heights our guy from Northeast Ohio. Um, it seems like he got $28 million in guaranteed money. I'm not exactly sure how much of that is guaranteed at signing, uh, maybe all of it. Uh, truthfully, I'm not 100% sure. Um, but, uh, Trevor, what do you think about the Travis Kelsey deal? 
Yeah, really, I'm just very happy for Travis Kelsey. I mean, as you mentioned, he he's from Cleveland Heights. Um, you know, he's very great in high school. I remember like people in the in the local area talking about him and Cleveland Heights because they've they they were very good around that time, and often they're a pretty good high school football team. But really, I'm just happy happy for Travis Travis Kelsey. Happis. That's definitely not a word. Um, because you know he's just someone that really has represented himself in a great way, like a lot of these other players, and it's just. It's just great to see that he's um, having a lot of success, one of the best tight ends in the league. So, you know, it, it's great to see. You know, hopefully he continues to, you know, have some great uh, years in the re- in the next uh, few. Yeah, uh, the Travis Kelsey deal to me, really, really good one. It's a guy you got to keep, especially after Mahomes staying. Uh, they'll be together for at least six more years, uh, which is huge. Really big target um, that uh, Mahomes has now. Um, and I think a pretty good deal. I, I'm, I'm impressed with how the Chiefs have gotten all their deals done um, with Chris Jones, Kelsey, and Mahomes. I, I'm actually quite impressed. I think all of them are semi-team friendly, which is kind of tough to do on these really big deals. So I'm, I'm very, very impressed with the Chiefs' front office, keeping their players, uh, keeping them home in Kansas City. Um, and overall, pretty good deal. Um, Ben, any thoughts on the Travis Kelsey deal before we quickly talk about George Kittle? Yeah, I'm super happy for uh, Travis Kelsey. I love Travis Kelsey, former Cincinnati Bearcat. Um, he, I mean, him and Mahomes are the are the faces of that franchise. So, uh, it, he, yeah. he's very marketable. He's an awesome dude. He's fun to root for. Uh, he's super entertaining. He's a big personality. Um, I, I think he's worth the money, 100. percent I, I know, Brian. I know we talked about this. I don't. I don't have a whole lot of. Uh, stock and tight ends in general, but I, I do think uh, obviously Travis Kelsey is one of the best ones in the NFL. Um, I, I do think if he can stay healthy, he will 100% be worth the money that they are going to pay him over the next five years. 100%. So the other tight end from the other Super Bowl contending team, the Niners, George Kittle, five years, 75 million, 40 million guaranteed, 30 million at signing. Uh, this one is definitely a little bit less team friendly, but to me, another deal you kind of have to do. I mean, George Kittle has been such a great player in the NFL. Um, so I, I think both of these are, are kind of hard to say that I wouldn't do as much as I uh, would not pay a tight end particularly. Um, but saying that, both of these are really, really uh, good deals. Trevor, any uh, last thoughts on George Kittle and his new deal? Um, really, I just think it's obviously we've talked about how kind of like the Chiefs are in win-now mode. I think it's the same thing with the 49ers. Both these teams are yeah. trying to win the Super Bowl in the next two or three years. They're not playing for necessarily long term they're saying you know we want to contend for the next two three maybe even five years so I think it's overall definitely a good deal for George Kittle he's again just like Kelsey one of the best tight ends in the league so yeah you know we'll see what happens um as far as the next couple years and with the 49ers and Chiefs yeah it's interesting to see like these tight ends get these deals because recently we've seen two other big tight end deals that weren't quite as big as these ones but Hunter Henry at 10.6 million um, with the, Ch- the Chargers, and of course Austin Hooper, which just signed this offseason for ten and a half million with the Browns. I don't know how well that makes them look, whether it's better or worse. I mean, that four or five million per year is a pretty big difference, but those two types of tight ends are a pretty big difference. I mean, top tier versus definitely not the top tier. Good tight ends, but not top tier. Um, so those that's very interesting. Uh, so moving on to our next topic, we actually are recording a day early, so this just broke, um, but Alvin Gentry has been relieved of duties um, from the New Orleans Pelicans. It looks like they're looking into Jason Kidd and uh, Tyron Luce. So, Ben, I'm going to throw this to you first. Um, what do you think about the Alvin Gentry fire, and who do you think out of those two, or even someone else, that they should hire? 
So it's interesting because I I do not think Alvin Gentry is a bad coach. I mean he he's proven he's proven that that he knows his stuff. I I do think he's a capable coach in the NBA. I I will be shocked if he doesn't have a job on some other team uh, shortly, because I do think he uh, I think teams value him very highly. Um, honestly, the biggest thing for me in this situation is it it gives David Griffin a chance to show everyone how good of a GM he really is. By he, I mean he gets to hire a coach. I'm interested to see uh, what he does. If it's between Tyron Lue and Jason Kidd, I, I think the easy answer here would be Jason Kidd because, uh, and I know Brandon agrees with this, I do not think Tyron Lue's a very good coach. Uh, he won a championship, but it was with LeBron. Um, and frankly, I don't think he did a whole lot in that championship anyway. Um, so if for the for the uh, the Pelicans' sake, I think I'd rather have Jason Kidd as a head coach because he's proven to be a pretty decent head coach in the NBA. Um, but, I mean, I, Alvin Gentry being fired is a little surprising to me just because it seems like, especially when they drafted Zion last year, it seemed like he was kind of going to be given kind of a reset here. And really, uh, since they're they're kind of they're reloading their their roster, it kind of seemed like they were going to give him a chance to kind of develop Zion and see what he could do with Zion. So the fact that they fired him after one year with Zion is a little surprising to me. Um, but I'm very intrigued to see what David Griffin does because I mean people people really are obsessed with him. They think he's one of the best GMs in basketball. So this is a really good opportunity opportunity for him to uh, to prove that. So I'm interested to see what he does here for sure. I agree with 100% of the things you just said. I think David Griffin is, if not the best, the second best behind Danny Ainge, maybe, uh, the Celtics. Uh, both are fabulous front office guys. Um, additionally, I agree with about the Alpha Gentry take. I think he's a really good coach, and he definitely will not be without a job for too long. Um, Tyron Lue, to me, is not a good coach. LeBron coached that team. Um, Tyron Lue did not. Uh, I don't think he's a good coach at all. I think he's a good assistant coach, just definitely not a good head coach. And I really like Jason Kidd. Um, I think he has had some success, and Tyron Lue hasn't had horrible success. Um, if we're looking at the past, I think Tyron Lue might have the slight edge, though, just from their past relationship um, through the you know, Cavs organization. Uh, Trevor, some thoughts on this firing and who you think will be hired? Yeah, um, this one this uh, surprised me a little bit. I didn't really see it coming, but I do know that Alvin Gentry has had— I mean, he's—with the Pelicans, they've had a lot of injuries, so it's been a little bit tough. I wouldn't necessarily say you can you know blame this all on him getting fired, but— it, Obviously, you do have David Griffin, the GM, who I think is a you know a great GM uh, or executive VP, I should say, along with uh, Trajan Langdon, and they have some different connections. Like you have David Griffin, obviously he was with the Cavs when Ty Lu was there coaching. You have um, um, Trajan Langdon, who at least is connected to Kenny Atkinson um, from the Nets, which potentially could mean that he could be in the running. Uh, you have someone in Jason Kidd who. You know, Lonzo Ball's play style has been compared to, so I, I I don't know if that has anything to do with like maybe he could be like a good mentor for Lonzo Ball potentially, in particular. But it'll be interesting to see because I think that the Pelicans have a, a great future ahead with a lot of good young players. We saw Brandon Ingram really just you know kind of come into superstardom this year. He had some great games in the bubble. Obviously Zion, he didn't he you know dealing with some injuries and stuff, and really um, he has limitless potential. And then obviously you have some other great pieces, Lonzo and you know a few other guys. So it'll be interesting to see what they do because I think the Pelicans definitely have uh, a ton of potential and could be very good for the you know next five or so years to come. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, both of you guys have very good takes on the uh, exiting Pelicans coach. Um, to finish up Small Talk today, of course, we're going to go to Small Talk Trivia. I am currently in a two-point lead of 32-30. to 30. Um, which, uh, truthfully, Trevor, not that surprised that I'm in the lead. That's just my opinion, I guess, but uh, not that surprised. Uh, and I hope that I can get it to three-point lead today. Um, would you like to start off with your question, or would you like me to go? 
Um, I could start off with my question. All right, let's hear it. All right, so obviously the NBA playoffs are starting soon. They're starting on Monday, and we know that over the years, the three-pointer has really evolved. It's become more popular as a shot now. So many of the uh, the shots teams takes are either threes or layups. So my question is, who is the player with the most three-point field goals made over their career? In the playoffs or collectively? All of, just in their career collectively, regular season and playoffs. Over their career, okay. who is the player, the answer is a player, with the most um, three-point field goals made? Okay, so right off the bat, um, I have a couple thoughts. Uh, Steph definitely has a lot. I don't know if he's quite up there. Um, I know Ray Allen uh, was in first at a point in time. Uh, whether he's still in first is another question. I'm sure Kyle Korver is up there. I could see Steve Kerr being pretty high. Um, Reggie Miller. The first name that came to my head was Ray Allen, though. Uh, obviously for how good he was and the amount of time he played in the league. Um, so I, I think I'll, I'll go with my gut feeling. I'll just go with Ray Allen. We'll just, we'll just fire it off. Uh, Ray Allen would be, uh, in my opinion, uh, my best educated guess. I, I, like I said, it's still a guess, but I'm pretty sure Ray Allen is there. I, I, I don't think Curry has passed him. So I'll go with Ray Allen. Okay, so you were you were right on it. Ray Allen is the correct answer. Let's go. Um, and second place is Reggie Miller. Steph Curry is third. So I, I would imagine that Steph Curry will break this record at some point. But for now, Ray Allen has about a um, almost 500 more three-pointers than Steph Curry at the moment. Okay. But I imagine Steph Couple Curry seasons. breaking that before he retires. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I, I could definitely see him breaking that. All right, so I'm up by three, Trevor. Um, so, you know what, recently I've been giving you a lot of wacky questions, just a simple one-point question today. It's a very simple question at that. Um, so this question is about Will Chamberlain. Obviously, he had his 100-point game, really, really big deal. Um, now, this isn't the question, but do you know what team he played for when he had those 100 points? This is not your question for today. I'm just curious if you know. Um, so, Will Chamberlain played for, obviously, a few different teams. He played for um, Philadelphia. Um, mm-hmm. obviously I think that's who he played for at the time. It wasn't, it wasn't so, with the Lakers, um, because that was later in his no. career. It, it could, yeah, so it's either, correct. it is with Philadelphia. Okay. That's what, I, that's what I was thinking. Um, so my question is in that hundred point game, who was the opponent that they played? Okay. Who did Wilt Chamber- Chamberlain play when he scored a hundred points? Who, all right. So who did, who was their opponent? So it was the Philadelphia, I think it was the Philadelphia Warriors at the time. I could be wrong on yes, that. Yes, it was. Um, nope, that's correct. Okay. So who were they playing at the time? Um, um, it, it wasn't, I don't believe that it was like the Celtics or the Lakers. Um, it could be like the Knicks, maybe the Knicks are coming to my mind as a team that that could have happened against. Obviously, this was a very high-scoring game. I believe it was in like the one, at least the one forties. It might have been like one sixties, to be honest. It was a very high-scoring game. Mm-hmm. Um, the Knicks are the team. I I don't know this honestly off the top of my head, but I, I I think I've looked at this this stat once, this box score, but I don't remember. For some reason, I have the Knicks in my mind as the team. Um, okay. And I'm trying to think of any other possibilities, and I'm not really coming up with any. So I'm just going to go with my gut, and I'm going to say it's the Knicks. Final answer? Yes. Ben, do you have a guess? Um, I don't have a guess. I know the answer. 
Oh, you do know the answer? I do. Well, is he correct? Uh, Trevor is correct. I believe we've talked about it before. Um, maybe even on this podcast. I, we have, actually. Yes. We have talked about it on this podcast. It was the Knicks, March 2nd, 1962. The score was 169-147. to 147. Uh, They beat the Knicks by. Um, it's actually kind of interesting. He, he had 100 of the 170, which, like, I feel like it would it would have been a larger percentage of that amount. But still, you know, he scored 100 um, in 1962 against the Knicks. So we both get points today. So the score after this round is 33 to 31, correct? Yes, correct. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So we're moving on to randomly ranked and today's randomly ranked is going to be an interesting an interesting one. If you don't know what randomly ranked is, basically we take a completely random topic and we rank it. It's very self-explanatory. Um, if you guys do have any ideas moving forward, please tweet at us at the small baller. The link is in the description. Um, if you uh, have any ideas because we we struggle to come up with some ideas sometimes. So today's is kind of a wacky one. Um, I know these two are definitely big fans of this actor, so we are going to rate his movies. It is Adam Sandler movies. We are going to rate our top three Adam Sandler movies. So, Ben, I know you like a lot of these movies, so I'm going to go with you first. What is your top three Adam Sandler movies? Yeah, so first off, right off the bat, I'm just going to say this is one of the hardest randomly ranks I've ever done because there's so many good ones, and putting them into a top three, mm-hmm. it, it was tough for me. I, I feel bad leaving some out, but I'm not even going to do honorable mentions because there's so many. Like I just I don't even know where to go. Um, so I'll start with my number three and my number three and two, they're, they're so interchangeable. They, they could really be either or, um, but I just went with, I gave my number two to the one that I've seen more of and that I'd probably prefer to watch more. Um, so my number three is the longest yard and I love the longest yard. It's such a good movie. Um, it's so funny. And honestly, the thing is it's a remake, but it's, it's, it's a good remake. Like, I feel like a lot of times when you re- remake a movie, it turns out to be not very good. And the original is hilarious. I've seen the original. It's very funny. Um, but this the remake is just as funny. The remake's hilarious. So I Longest Yard, love it. Um, no problem putting that in my top three. My number two is Grown Ups. Um, I remember the first time I saw Grown Ups, and I, right off the, like, right off the bat, you just, it's so hard to believe, like, just the cast. The cast is phenomenal. You essentially just have four or five just they're just really good friends and they're like hey let's make a movie together and i'm so jealous because i I would love to have that life where i can be like yo let's just make a really funny movie together and basically just hang out and get paid a bunch of money for it Mm -hmm. um so grown-ups is my number two love grown-ups made a pretty good sequel not a great sequel but the sequel is not bad uh grown-ups is my number two number one uh easiest decision i've ever made in my entire life happy gilmore my favorite (laughs) favorite movie of all time um i've i've talked to many of my friends recently uh my reasoning for loving it and it's because it's so quotable you don't realize how many uh, good quotes are from that movie until you see it and you're like, oh, that's from that movie. It, or, oh, like, I mean, I told Brandon, anytime you go golfing, if you're not at least quoting Happy Gilmore four or five times, then you're just not a real golfer. And that, that's just a fact. Because um, Happy Gilmore is just such a funny movie. It's so quotable. Um, there's a reason why when you Google ha- Adam Sandler movies, the first one that comes up is Happy Gilmore. It's one of his most popular ones. Uh, his production company is now called uh, Happy Madison Production. So it's just a great movie. My favorite movie of all time. Not much more to say other than it's so funny. I could watch it any second of any day, and I'd be cool with it. You know what? All good takes there. I like them. Mine are a little bit different, though, so I'll go next. Number three, I have a movie that my wonderful girlfriend Kayla actually showed me. It's Fifty First Dates. Uh, Normally when Kayla shows me movies, they're either really, really good or really, really bad. But this was a really, really good one. I I thoroughly enjoyed Fifty First Dates. I actually really enjoy the plot, and it's a pretty funny movie. Number two, I got to go with a movie that made me tear up. It's one of the few movies ever that has made me tear up, and that's Click. Um, really, really solid movie all, overall. I love the concept of the movie and quite sad at the end, um, but I really, really enjoy it. 
Number one is actually a movie that you showed me, Ben, and I just loved this movie. It was hysterical, really, really well done, and that's The Longest Yard. Pretty much any movie with football is going to be a good one. I mean, it's it's football. How could it not be good? Um, so Longest Yard it takes my top spot. Trevor, what are your top three favorite Adam Sandler movies? All right, so I had a very difficult time with this um, because I, Adam Sandler is my favorite actor, and there's so many great movies that I love, and it's it was really tough to decide between some of them. But number three, I did go with Grown Ups. I liked what you had to say about it, Ben. I agree. There's just such a great cast. I mean, on top of Adam Sandler, you have Kevin James, Chris Rock, Salma Hayek, uh, Maya Rudolph, like just so many uh, great characters, and I just loved like how it. They talked about the beginning where their kids. Uh, playing the basketball game, and then they reunite for uh, the coach's funeral, and then they end up playing this basketball game again at the end where they're all 30 years older against the team they beat. Um, and then the lesson at the end where I think Adam Sandler like intentionally misses the bank shot and stuff and how like they had the lesson and they end with them watching fireworks. It's just all around an amazing movie. Uh, number two, I went with Just Go With It. Um, if I would have made this list a month ago, I might not have had Just Go With It in the top three, but I watched it a few weeks ago, and I just, it was so hilarious. I mean, two of the best, uh, one of the best actors, in my opinion, Adam Sandler, and one of the best actresses, and Jennifer Aniston, um, together in a movie. That movie's always going to be good. And there were so many hilarious moments in that movie. Uh, number one, I'm glad to see that you had this in your top three, Brandon. And my number one is Click. I agree. Uh, Click is one of the few movies that made me cry at the end. I mean, that scene where, you know, he's running out of the hospital, it's pouring down rain and he falls and and he's like yelling out for his son. It's just like one of the best scenes in a movie ever. And also, I thought this movie did a really good job of like, I don't know, like it was it wasn't one of it wasn't Adam Sandler's funniest movie by any by any stretch. But there were some funny moments, and then there were some like serious moments, and it really was like a perfect blend, I mm -hmm. thought. So that's my number one. Yeah, no, I, I feel that. I really like Click, Ben. You, you had a hot take before that you don't like Click that much? I, I'm not a huge fan of Click, and it's not a terrible movie. It's it's more of a serious movie, and if I'm watching Adam Sandler, I'd prefer it not to be a super serious movie, which Click, is, Click isn't super serious. Um, but there's just so many good Adam Sandler movies that Click just to me isn't isn't one of the best ones. That's just my opinion. Yeah, that's hey, fair. I, I don't hate any of the opinions that were said today. I, I do like Click a lot, though. I, I remember tearing up during it. It's one of the few movies that has made me do that. So I had to put it in my top three. But uh, like I said, if any of you guys do have any ideas for Randomly Ranked, tweet at us. Link in the description. We really appreciate your ideas um, because this is a hard segment to come up with stuff. We've been doing this for 67 episodes now. So a lot of, lot of ideas we've had to come up with. But moving along to our main topic today, uh, we're going to get into a little bit of NBA talk. Um, obviously, we got the the playoffs coming up this week, starting on Monday, I believe. Is that correct, Trevor? Monday? Yes. The first game uh, yes. is Monday at 1.30. Mm -hmm. But before we get to that game, we have an interesting game happening uh, this Saturday, um, at least, at the very least, this Saturday um, at 2.30. Like I said, we are play we are recording this on Saturday a day early. Yeah. Um, Trevor, we got the, the uh, Grizzlies and Blazers. Um, so give me a rundown on how this play-in works. Um, how many games each team has to win and who you think uh, is going to end up winning. Yeah, so it's really interesting. Um, before I think before this whole thing started, I think all three of us might have said that we picked the Grizzlies to win. I know it, me and you did, Brandon. I forget what Ben said. Um, ben, did you say the Grizzlies you thought as well? I forget. Or maybe you he did. Or you might um, not even have been actually, here for that one. I don't remember. I, first of all, I don't think I was there, but I actually think I think the Trailblazers might win that. I do. Oh. 
So, so I, I do now, I do now, but beforehand, I simply said the Grizzlies because of their odds, like they were ahead of everyone else by, I think two games at the time, or at least a game and a half. So that's the reason I said the Grizzlies and I thought the Blazers could potentially get the nine seed, but I thought, you know, for them to win two games, it would be tough. But now we're in a situation where the Blazers actually have a better record than the Grizzlies because the Grizzlies played so badly in their eight seeding games. So now the Portland Trailblazers are actually a half game ahead of the Bla- the Grizzlies. They took the eight seed, and now the Grizzlies would have to win two games to get the eight seed to play the Lakers. The Blazers only need to win one of those two. So I absolutely think that the Blazers are going to win it. Um, Damian Lillard has been a man on a mission for the past three games. Um, following their loss to the Clippers last Saturday night where he missed two key free throws at the end of the game and you had Patrick Beverly and Paul George you know trash talking that's it seems like that has kind of been one of the things that has motivated him and he has rattled off three straight amazing performances scoring 51 points then 61 points and then 42 points I believe in the most recent game just insane he was very efficient in all three of them and I I think it's just I think it's really meant to be at this point and Obviously, now looking at the odds, the odds are much better, much more in the favor of the Blazers. So I think they're going to win it. I kind of wish now that I would have picked the Blazers at the start. Um, I didn't have faith in them because of the odds, but now I definitely do. And I'm, I'm really happy because it looks like the Blazers are going to uh, make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think the Grizzlies are a better team overall. However, they haven't been playing like it. Um, so I'd have to pick the Blazers too. I just I have a better feeling that they'll win. Damian Lillard, I think he's had 151 points over three games. I could be wrong. I know it's over 150, but I think it's 151, which is absolutely insane. It seems like Damian Lillard gets in these stretches where he is completely unstoppable, like completely unstoppable. I mean, no one can do anything to guard him. And the Grizzlies have some good defenders. I mean, they can throw Deron Jackson on him, um, and he he can put some clamps on it. It just doesn't seem like it's working. It's gonna work out. Um, so I think the Blazers will pull this off, uh, especially if they only have to win one um, to get into that playing game. So the winner plays the Lakers, is that correct? Yes. Awesome. Okay, perfect. So uh, truthfully, I kind of hope the Grizzlies win because that's an easier route for the Lakers. And truthfully, I know, Ben, I can speak for you here. Uh, the faster the Lakers can get to the championship, the better, in my opinion, because we want to see LeBron win. Yes, 100%. Um, but let's talk about the Suns a little bit. Go ahead, Ben. What did you say? I said one, I completely I agree with you 100%. I want LeBron to have as little as trouble as possible getting to the uh, at least the Western Conference Finals. I'm glad we uh, we agree on that. So, Trevor, very interesting here. The Suns, who uh, I would not consider are a great team. Would you consider them a great team going into the bubble? I mean, no. I don't think anyone would have predicted that they would have um, went eight and zero. I don't think anyone gave them even a chance to make this playing yeah. game either. So, so give me some of your thoughts on on the Suns going eight and zero. I, I want to hear what you have to say about you know them kind of blowing up in the bubble. Yeah. So with the Suns, they they just really started clicking in the bubble. It was really surprising. Obviously, I think everyone was surprised by that. But they played really well. Devin Booker played eight amazing games. Um, you know, played great in a lot of these ones, and and really just, I mean, they just put in a great team effort in all of these. And a lot of these games, they squeezed out like. They got a close one, a close one against Dallas. Um, I think in their second game, close one against the Clippers, but they managed to win them all, and they actually won some of these games by a pretty big margin. They beat OKC by 27 points. They just beat Dallas by 26 points um, on Thursday. So 
They've really played well. I mean, Devin Booker, a lot of, I think, three 35-point games or four 35-point games. And you have Rubio playing well. Uh, DeAndre Ayton's now playing well. He's starting to really, you know, come into his own as, you know, a really good player. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it was really shocking. But the Suns played really well, and I think that's good for them moving forward. Maybe next season they can make it into the playoffs. Yeah, it, it is definitely crazy to see. Uh, a team that really their recent success has been almost zero, uh, just a lot of draft picks and a lot of them not even working out. Um, so I'm I'm incredibly impressed with the, this you know a no streak they have. I, I definitely don't think they're going to win it all, um, <clears throat> but very promising moving forward. So Trevor, let's and Ben, let's talk a little bit about the upcoming matchups we have. Um, on Monday we have four matchups, so let's we'll just go one by one through them. Uh, Trevor, I'll let you start off the 1:30 game. Uh, we got the Jazz and Nuggets. So uh, this series, uh, tell me, tell me about you know your thoughts of it and who you think is going to come out. Okay, so in the Jazz and Nuggets series, um, I think one of the biggest things to note is that the Jazz do not have Bogdanovich anymore, so that is going to hurt them. They are not at full strength currently. They're going to rely heavily on Donovan Mitchell to have some really good games. They're going to rely on Rudy Gobert defensively um, against Nikola Jokic. Um, but the Nuggets aren't, you know, 100% healthy either. Um, Gary Harris has not played in any of the playoff games. Um, there's rumors that he's supposed to come back um, at the start of the series, but it's not for sure. So we don't know if Gary Harris is going to be back. So both of these teams um, not at full strength currently. So I think that hurts their chances to go far in the playoffs. But I still think this this will be a very great series regardless um, of who wins. Obviously, Jamal Murray just came back with the Nuggets, and he had at least one really good game, and he had a very good playoffs last year, so I expect Jamal Murray to play very well. I expect Jokic to continue distributing the ball and, and play very well, but I, I mean, I think the Nuggets are going to win this series. I think it will be pretty close because I expect big things for Donovan Mitchell, but ultimately I think the Jokic, or I mean, the Nuggets have a pretty complete team. Um, we've seen Michael Porter Jr. He's been playing very well offensively. Defensively, he's still learning. He's very young. Um, this is like his first full year, really, um, because of his injury issues. But he's been playing very well offensively. So I think that's something that the Jazz will have a hard time defending. And then with Jokic and Jamal Murray, I think they have a lot of different um, options. And they're very versatile in things they can do offensively. I think it'll be too much for the Jazz. Um, my prediction is that the Nuggets will win this series in six games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor, you said this all perfectly. I agree with everything you said. Um, I, I think if the Jazz were fully healthy, it goes to seven games, and I could even see the Jazz winning. Um, but I, I'd have to pick the Nuggets here in six. I, I just see them as, like you said, the more complete team. I don't have quite as much faith that Donovan Mitchell can 100% pull the whole entire team. I think he does need that little bit of help around him that uh, Bogdanovich gives. Uh, so I don't see the Jazz winning this one. I got the Nuggets in six. Ben, what is your uh, prediction, Jazz and Nuggets? Yeah, so I, I, I agree with you guys 100%. Um, I, I think the Nuggets will be just a little bit too much for the Jazz. Uh, I, I think Jokic and Murray together actually proved to be a really good duo. Um, I actually think yeah. I think Troy Daniels is a pretty decent role player on that team. I do think he's, uh, I think he's done pretty well on that team recently. I think Michael Porter Jr. can always be a spark because we know he's a great player. Um, I, I agree with you guys 100%. Uh, first thing I thought of was I think that the Nuggets will win uh, in six games. I, I just I don't think Donovan Mitchell can can pull it off. I, I don't think he can. I love Donovan Mitchell, but I don't think he can pull it off. I'll take the Nuggets in six for sure. 
All right, it's always boring when we all agree, so hopefully we, we, well, we'll probably all agree on this next one too, but let's see what we all say. Trevor, we're going to start it back off with you. 4 o'clock game, we got the Nets and Raptors. Uh, Raptors having, I think, one of their better seasons ever, if not their best season. I, I thought I saw something on Twitter about it. Uh, obviously, no Kawhi Leonard, um, but they finished 53-19. and 19. Um, It seems like both teams do not have their absolute you know, star players. I, I guess Kawhi's not on the Raptors anymore. Um but uh, obviously the Nets do not have Kyrie and KD. Uh, so what is your prediction on the Nets-Raptors series? Yeah, so the Brooklyn Nets are like probably the single most difficult team to figure out in this whole like bubble because I really expected them to, to just do very badly in the bubble, you know, lose most of their games considering obviously we know they're without KD and Kyrie, but in addition to that, they don't have Spencer Dinwiddie either. So their three, what would be probably their three best players are, are not with them. Now, Karis LeVert has been playing really well um, and they've competed with some really good teams. I think they beat um, the Bucks in the bubble, I believe. I don't know if the Bucks were at full strength or actually, uh, I don't know if that's correct or not. Yeah, I believe, yeah, they did beat the Bucks in the close one. Uh, they also beat the Clippers. So it's really interesting and it's difficult to figure them out. Ultimately, it's very hard to believe in the Nets because in this particular series, because I think the Raptors are so well coached. And um, they're very well-rounded overall. They don't really have, like, that go-to guy per se. I mean, it's it, it would be Pascal Siakam, but I don't know if he's necessarily proven it enough. The stats may say that, you know, he is a pretty good closer, but it's I, I'm not super bought into it. But in this series, I think the Raptors are such a well-rounded team. Defensively, they're very good. Um, and then offensively as well, Kyle Lowry, Siakam, uh, OG Ananobi's like an amazing defender. So I have the Raptors in five in this series. I think the Nets will find a way to pull together at least one win. Karis LeVert, Joe Harris may be having some great performances, but I think the Raptors win it in five games. So, Trevor, look, Ben, I hate being boring. I don't like being boring. You guys know that, okay? I, it's hard to disagree with what you just said. Uh, very sound argument. Uh, I, I have to go with the Raptors in five, mainly because of their defensive ability, and obviously that's going to take them quite far. Uh, I just don't see the Nets uh, pulling out many uh, games. I, I think they will take one because they are a little bit unpredictable, like you said. It's interesting. Can anyone tell me where Karis LeVert went to college? Because wherever he was brought up, I mean, he's a good player. But Trevor, do you know where he went to college, Ben? He went to no Mi- idea. He went to Michigan, didn't he? Oh, very interesting. He went to Michigan. Yes, I forgot that. But... Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think the Raptors take this one in five. I, I have to agree with you, Trevor. Uh, ben, what, what, what's your prediction for this series? Are you going to be boring? Don't go with Come on, See, don't be boring. I don't, I don't like to be boring. So, originally, I was going to say Raptors in five. Be, and I, I do think the Nets could pull out a game. Like I said last week, the Nets are essentially a G League team at this point uh, that are in the playoffs. <laughs> Which is intriguing to watch. I'm intrigued to see it. They're actually I'm, not, I, though. But, but I okay. get what you're saying because yes. of their roster. It, I, on I paper, it kind of looks like they are. Um, I, I think that they can maybe pull out a game, but for the sake of not being boring, I'll say that the Raptors sweep. I'll say the Raptors in four, um, but I would not be surprised if the Nets won. Honestly, I'd, I'd love to see them win like game one and just to see like people start freaking out like, oh no, this the Raptors might be in trouble and then the Raptors it win. It could happen. Or whatever. Um, I'll say the Raptors in four just, just to not it. be boring. So I'll, I'll say the Raptors sweep. Hey, no home court right now, so I could see it happen. Trevor, we're moving along. 76ers, Celtics. 76ers obviously have been struggling quite a lot. Uh, this season, even though they put together 43 wins, uh, but as we all know, uh, definitely struggled a good amount uh, th- this year. Um, versus the Celtics, uh, Kemba Walker led Celtics, went 48 and 24. Um, so, what are your thoughts on this series? 
Yeah, so this is really unfortunate for the 76ers. They were already having chemistry problems, and now it seems like um, Joel Embiid might be out. Ben Simmons certainly is going to be out for this series. He's, there's talks that he might have uh, surgery, so Ben Simmons will not return at all, I believe. Uh, Joel Embiid also, I don't know how much he will play. So obviously, I mean, they're two best players. We, we're not sure how much um, they will have, you know, their full lineup together. That's going to hurt them. And they already were probably going to lose the Celtics, even with Embiid and Simmons at full strength. So um, I think, you know, Jason Tatum, he's gotten better and better this year. He's really become uh, either a borderline superstar or maybe a superstar playing very well. Kemba Walker, I'm a little worried. He hasn't necessarily put in some of the greatest performances. But again, um, I, I still think he's a very good player. And then with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, the way that the Celtics, I think, have looked at times. At times, they've shown flashes that they may be a championship contender, but they're not super consistent on that. Ultimately, I don't think the 76ers have any chance of winning the series. Um, I'm going to pick the Celtics in five in this one. So, finally, Trevor, I'm going to break from you a little bit here. Maybe Ben will join me in this. I'm picking the Celtics to sweep. I have no faith in the 76ers. No Ben Simmons, potentially no Embiid. Um, relying on Tobias, or not, excuse me, not Tobias, or yeah, Tobias Harris um, to be there. So I, I have no faith in the uh, 76ers at all. So I'm going with the Celtics sweep 4-0. Ben, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with you guys. I, I have no faith in the 76ers, especially not, if they don't have Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid, uh, I have zero faith in them. But I, I, I think that they could win a game. I'll take the Celtics in five. I, I don't want to agree with Brandon, so I'll take the Celtics in five. Oh, Ben, you're boring. All right, let's move along to the night game, 9 o'clock. We got Mavericks, Clippers. Obviously, the Clippers, um, one of the better teams in the West uh, versus the Mavericks, went 43-32. and 32. Um, Obviously, Luka Doncic, which I don't know if you guys got the update. I just got the update saying he made uh, all-bubble first team, um, and he's been so fabulous this year and in the bubble. Um, so w- what are your thoughts, Trevor? Yeah, with the Dallas Mavericks, first of all, they're – arguably the best offensive team, at least statistically. However, defensively, they have a lot of issues. Um, Luka Doncic has had some defensive issues. They have, like, Seth Curry, who's had some defensive problems. Um, So they're really not a very good defensive team. And I think the Clippers could really just carve them up um, on offense. When you have two very versatile wing scorers and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard that can do so many different things, I think really the Mavericks could be in trouble and the Clippers could, you know, average like over 120 points on them in this series. Now, I do think the Mavericks, um, if Luka's playing well, which he, most of the time he will, Porzingis has started um, playing better as well. I think they could steal one, maybe even two, um, and surprise some people. Um, you might even see a scenario where they come out in game one, play very well, and they happen to get a win. And people are saying, oh, look at this. The Mavericks might have a chance here. And then the Clippers end up beating them in five or six games. So ultimately, I think um, the Clippers, they are get, supposed to get Harrell back. Um, if Harrell comes back fully healthy, um, he might be a little out of shape at first. But as the as it gets farther in the series, I think he'll start to play his way back into shape. And I think it'll be harder and harder for the Mavericks if they don't steal like the first two. So my ultimate prediction is that the Clippers will win it in six games because I think the Mavericks will be able to steal two. I think Doncic will play very well in the series. Yeah, I'm conflicted between six or five games for the Clippers. Um, I I think I'm going to go with five uh, just to be a little bit different. But I, I could definitely see the Mavericks taking two games. Luka's played so well offensively. 
um, in, in the bubble. Uh, I see what you're saying about the Clippers being able to carve them up, especially how bad they played defensively, the Mavericks. Um, but I don't know. I, I'll go with five games to the Clippers. Ben, what do you think? I'm going to take the Clippers in five. And it's a little tough because, I, like we said, Luka's an amazing player. Um, but if, if the Clippers are fully healthy, uh, they're, they're one of the better teams in the NBA. I, I, I can't see them losing more than a game in this series. I could see, however, I could see the Clippers maybe going up like 3-0 and then Kawhi not being used to playing four games in a row like this. So he might be a little iffy in game four and they lose game four. Uh, but I'll take the Clippers in in five games. I just think, it, I mean, you have Kawhi as a superstar. You have Paul George, who's, an, who's a really good player. Uh, I can't see them losing more than a game in this series. Even even though uh, Luka's an amazing player, I really don't think he can do more than uh, win one game in this series. I think that's a very good take, but we will move on to Tuesday the 18th. We got our first game up, Magic versus Bucks. Trevor, let me hear your analysis of this uh, daring matchup. Yeah, I would say this is the matchup I'm least excited for. Um, it's probably the matchup I'm going to watch the least of because I don't think the Magic have any shot at all. I think the Bucks are going to sweep them, um, honestly. Uh, Giannis has been playing. Obviously, he's had this amazing season. He's expected to be the MVP because he's been so good. And I've really been um, impressed by some of their role players as well. I mean, Wesley Matthews defensively has been great, and he's been hitting some threes. George Hill, I believe he's still uh, the leading, the leader in three-point percentage this season, so he's been playing very well. Dante DiVincenzo, obviously we know him from Villanova. He's been playing very well for the Bucks. So I've been really impressed by some of the role players, um, and I think that they're a really tough team offensively and defensively. So I don't really, I mean, you got the Magic, you got, you know, Aaron Gordon, Vucevic, which Aaron Gordon I think has had maybe some injury issues. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't see much from the Magic. I don't know how they're going to be able to win one game because I think the Bucks can blow them out in a few of them. Um, so I have to go with a sweep here for the Bucks. Yeah, I, I got to join you. I, I see no way the Magic even come close to winning a game. Uh, I think it'll be very, very lopsided. Uh, the Bucks a very good team led by Giannis. Um, so I, I'd be very impressed if the Magic even took one game. Ben, what do you think? Yeah, no, the, the Bucks are not losing a game. Honestly, they're probably already looking ahead to their second-round matchup because the Magic pose no threat to the Bucks. I will be surprised if the Bucks uh, even win a game by less than 10 points. I, I think the Bucks are just so much better than the Magic. I, they're, I think they're definitely the best team in the East. I really don't see them having any problems with the Magic. Bucks in four, definitely. So, Trevor, next matchup, we got your Heat versus the Pacers with, I would say, the GOAT of the bubble, TJ Warren, on the Pacers. So I'm super excited to hear what you have to say about this matchup. Yeah, so the Pacers, another team, have surprised me a little bit in the bubble. TJ Warren, obviously, the player that has surprised me most in the bubble because I don't think anyone saw this coming. Um, the performances TJ Warren have put on. Now, what I'm most intrigued by, now I'm a Heat fan, obviously, so I'm going to favor the Heat. I'm going to favor Jimmy Butler. But there was like a little... Um, there was there was some kind of thing between Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren in one of the regular season games earlier on where they were like arguing and I don't know how much they like each other. Maybe it was just something that happened in that game and they actually have a lot of respect for each other. I don't really know, to be honest. But I think this will be a really like uh, tough series. I think it'll be very close. Um, ultimately, I think the Pacers are going to struggle without Sabonis to kind of close some of these games. You do have Oladipo there, and he's played pretty well. Brogdon's been a great addition, and obviously, who knows with T.J. Warren, he could completely go off and just you know go for 40 points plus. 
um, in some of these games. But ultimately, I think the Heat have a more complete team with Jimmy Butler along with um, some of the great three-point shooters, Bam Adebayo having a great season. I have the Heat in seven. I think it's going to be very tough, but I do think uh, that the Miami Heat will get it done. I had a tough time picking this game because I, I think the Heat collectively look better to me. But the way TJ1 is playing, I, I don't know if I can go against the Pacers. So I'm going to say Pacers in seven, but I'm definitely hesitant to say it. I think this is one of the tougher matchups to pick. Um, I think it's going to go to seven mainly because of how ferocious like Jimmy Butler is um, and the intensity he plays with. Um, and, of course, TJ1, I mean, just being insane in the bubble. Uh, so, in my opinion, I think Pacers will win in seven. Ben, what do you think? I wish you guys could see, could see my uh, reaction every time you guys make predictions because usually I'm rolling my eyes because you guys are taking my uh, – or I am agreeing with you 100% on these predictions. It's making me a little mad because I know it's kind of boring. But I – this is this is one of the – this is probably the toughest matchup for me to, to decide. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I do think these teams are very similar in skill set. However, I do think the Heat are a better team. I mean, Jimmy Butler is a great player. I, my boy Bam, I love Bam Adebayo. Um, however, oh, I do – I love Victor Oladipo. I think he's a very capable player, and TJ Warren, as we've seen, is on fire right now. Um, so I, 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 think it, I think it'll go seven. I think this will be the, the most competitive matchup in the first round. Uh, I, I am going to take the Heat, though. I think the Heat will win in seven games. Uh, when Trevor predicted the Heat in seven games, I was like, dang it, I was hoping I would be the only one that said it would go to seven <laughs> games. But this, this is a really tough matchup. I do think, however, the Heat are the better team. I think they will come out on top uh, in, in, in a very close series, however. Yeah. And quickly, another thing to note, uh, Derek Jones had like a bad fall in their, their last game in the bubble against the Pacers, um, <laughs> ironically. But uh, but he is, it seems like he's going to be all right. I don't know when he'll be back in this series, but that could hurt Miami a little bit. So I am a little bit worried about that. But I still ultimately think that we are the better team and we're going to find a way. Yeah, no, that I, I, I can see it happening. I still think the Pacers will win. Uh, to our 6.30 game we go, we got the Thunder versus the Rockets. Um, Harden playing his old team. Um, he is averaging 34 points, which is absolutely insane. He was on first team all bubble. Um, so, Trevor, give me uh, the breakdown of this game. So with this series, um, we got the news that Russell Westbrook would, obviously I think a strain like quad quadriceps muscle mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, so he might not play at the start which does hurt their chances a little bit. Obviously, Westbrook has played very well in the bubble, um, particularly when James Harden is resting. I think Westbrook does a really good job with the lineup when he's the focal point of the offense and he can drive and kick and get a lot of their role players um, open threes. Um, We just saw Eric Gordon. He is now uh, returning, obviously, to the Rockets, which will help them a lot. Um, but we still need to see more like from their from their other role players. We we need the Rockets role players to be hitting these open threes that Westbrook creates, that Harden can create. Um, and for the Thunder, obviously Chris Paul. You know, I don't think you can really count Chris Paul out ever. I know he's at age thirty five. Shea Gilgis Alexander has been really fun to watch. Um, one of my favorite players, I think, recently. So it'll be interesting to watch. Ultimately, I think the Rockets have too much firepower with Westbrook, Harden. And then with Eric Gordon as well, I think they're too good. Um, so I do have them winning, I will say, in six games. I'm taking the Rockets. Uh, Trevor, I, I've i agreed with you a lot today, uh, and I'll have to continue doing that. I, I think the Rockets, just like you said, just have a little bit too much juice. Um, so I'm going to take them in six games. 
I personally love Chris Paul. He wants to win more than anyone on this planet, and I'm convinced of it. I That dude wants to win so bad. So I think just the mentality and leadership he has will take them to at least two games. Um, so I'll pick the Rockets in six. Ben, what do you think? <sighs> I'm going to have to take the Rockets in six. Um, oh, my God, you're boring. I, know, I mean, hey, I, I'm deciding this before we start talking, and every time you guys are saying what I think. But, I mean, I agree with you guys. I, it, it's it's – it's a very intriguing matchup just based on uh, what's happened between these two teams in the last year with all the trades and stuff. Um, I, but I think any team with James Harden, I think, has just a slight advantage because he's an amazing basketball player. So I'm going to have to take the Rockets and six. I think it'll be hard to stop James Harden. Uh, yeah, Rockets and six. So I guess yeah, maybe we can talk about it briefly, the last game. We don't know it quite yet because, like I said, we're recording this on Saturday. Uh, Lakers versus either the Blazers or Grizzlies. Uh, Trevor, any little thoughts you want to talk about on the Lakers? So I I anticipate the Blazers being there. I would be pretty upset if they, they aren't there because I'm like, I'm, I'm like slowly becoming a Blazers fan. I can't help it. Damian Lillard. You're basically a Blazers Damian fan. Damian Lillard has been is so good. About Damian Lillard. He's been he's been so good, and he's my favorite player in the NBA. To be fair, um, but I anticipate the Blazers being there. Regardless, I don't think the Lakers are going to have any problems with either of these two teams. Um, I will say that the Lakers will win in five. I think against the Blazers, even if they were against the Grizzlies, um, maybe I'd say a sweep in that case. But with the Blazers, I'm going to say in five. I think there will be one game where Damian Lillard just goes off, and they happen to steal it. Um, obviously the Lakers, they're without Avery Bradley being out. I, I'm, I'm still worried a little bit about the Lakers depth, but when you have LeBron James, you have Anthony Davis, Danny Green, uh, Kyle Kuzma, it's just going to be too much for the Blazers. And the Blazers also don't play great defensively either. It's a similar problem to what the Dallas Mavericks have in that they haven't played defensively or they haven't played well defensively all year. I mean, in the bubble, they've been giving up over like 125 like 120 125 points per game so really defensively they've struggled um so i got to go with the lakers in five games yeah i'm gonna take the lakers probably no matter who they play uh very biased i understand um but i think rightfully so so uh i'll take the lakers really in anyone they play probably in three games i think they'll somehow manage to win it in three games they'll do something crazy uh, where it'll be unheard of and they win in three games. That's my ultimate prediction. Ben, what do you think? So I think the Lakers will win. However, I think it'll be the Trailblazers. I think the Trailblazers obviously have an advantage here, only having yeah. to win one of two games against the Grizzlies. So I do think it'll be the Trailblazers. Um, it, it's interesting because from what I've seen in the regular season, the Lakers, at times, they struggle with the Trailblazers. Obviously, Damian Lillard's a great player. The Trailblazers, I, I think they're a better team than what their record shows. They're not a bad team at all. They're actually a pretty good team. Um, maybe they might not be playing like it, but they have the potential to be a good team. Um, I, I, I think the Lakers are going to win, obviously. I think the Lakers are the best team in the NBA. Um, I, I do think my prediction is Lakers in five. However, I would not be surprised if the Blazers took two games and it, uh, they forced it to six games. I'm going to predict five games. However, I would not be surprised if it's six. I, I actually will be surprised if the Lakers sweep. I do not think they will sweep. Um, so I'll take the Lakers in five. Like Trevor said, I think Damian Lillard one game will just go off and it will be too much for the Lakers. Um, so I'll take the Lakers in five. Um, not I'm, I'm I'm a little worried. I'm not super worried about the Lakers, but I would I would have rather had the Lakers play the Grizzlies because I do think that the Lakers will struggle with the Trailblazers a little bit more. However, I'm I'm not too concerned because they have LeBron James, and like I said, I still think they're the best team in the NBA. So I'll take the Lakers, but I I think they they'll struggle a little bit at times. But I'll take them in five. Makes sense. You don't like my three game prediction? No, I I I I'm I don't think you're giving the Blazers. I I think 
Well, I think you're giving LeBron a lot of credit, but I think the Blazers are not a bad team. I, I do think that they will at times no, they will not. frustrate the Lakers. They're not. So I, I think the Lakers will, will definitely have some trouble with the Blazers at times. Well, uh, saying that, I think we'll wrap the episode up uh, here for today. Um, but, you know, I think this was a really good episode. I think you guys will enjoy uh, this episode. But saying that, thank you all so much for listening today. Um, go follow us on Twitter. It's at the small ball on Twitter. It's also in the description. And, of course, follow us on Twitch. We will hopefully be live tomorrow, uh, barring no technical difficulties. And, of course, on Thursday also. Monday with the front three and Thursday to talk about Big Brother. Um, so go check those out. And, of course, the third link in the description, as always, is a link to the Black Lives Matter movement to at least educate yourself if you'd like to donate or sign some petitions. Um, it's a great place to go uh, and do all those things. Um, so with that being said, thank you all so much for listening today, and we'll see you next time. Go Falcons!